Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State Football Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. It's Monday. We're back at Stone Cloud. We've got a lot to catch up on because I was flying solo over the weekend. Yeah. We didn't get to do a post-game podcast, so we got a game to talk about. Oklahoma State fans might want to skip that part. It's okay if you do. We won't hold it against you. But we need to talk about it because we haven't had a chance to yet here on the podcast. So we'll get into that, share some things that Mike Gundy uh, talked about earlier today. But most importantly of all, Jacob, what are you drinking? Man, I got another colorful drink, don't I? You do. That's two weeks in a row. I'm You're good going at, colorful. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. This is, this is my specialty. Uh, no, this is the Monster Mash. Monster Mash. They put it out around Halloween, like right after Halloween, I think, actually. Um, and it is a Frankenberry cereal, I guess, right? Right. IPA. I've never had Frankenberry cereal. It's good stuff. Is it good? It is. The beer's good. So I'm going to go say it's I'm good. Good. But kind yeah, of regretting is, not trying it now. Yeah, as I uh, as I as I watch that and think about it's good Frankenberries. Do I see my pinky out with the color? I think with that cup, you uh, said. I think that that glass. Yeah. I think that's mandatory. Right. Perfect. What do you think? I've uh, I've got mellow. I'm, I'm kind of feeling mellow after yeah. spending the week in 80 degree Florida weather. The weekend, <laughs> uh, three days worth. Yeah, I'm feeling mellow. I went with mellow today. There you go. Uh, one of their uh, one of their standards. You can get yeah. this one in uh, cans and six packs and all that stuff. So. Uh, one of my favorites. It's a good one. We're back. We're, we're, we're kind of running low on options to try. Yeah. We have something new for every podcast like we usually try. So uh, they, They've got a couple coming back later this week, they, they said. Yeah, uh, Night and uh, there's another one to another IPA. Um, something something sandwich. Something sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Can't name. Anyways, yeah. sorry, Matt, for promoing this very terribly. Yeah, that was really bad. We apologize, but... Those are staples that we know are good. Exactly. And so those are coming back. They're always they're always rotating things around here, bringing exactly. things back. They've got Christmas stouts on tap here. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a new triple IPA, which I was told it's really not a triple IPA. It's a mega IPA. Mega. Because it's IPA. about sixteen percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious about it. But yeah, so there's all kinds of things you can try here. You didn't want to do a, a good ten ouncer of that on the on Woo! the show here. You really want me to go in all, all in on this we, show? We might. We might. It might. It might be entertaining. I don't know. I, I'm, it is what it is. Maybe the uh, season finale. Maybe so. Maybe that's what we do with the season finale. Maybe so. Maybe we just get we get two each and yeah. just see what and happens. And leave it all on a cliffhanger like they do on TV shows that's where exactly we just, right. boom, who what knows, happens next? Who knows what happens after that? <laughs> uh, now, important fact, these are our beers. Oh, yeah, they are. We're not sharing. No, no we're not drinking these for anyone else. No winner on the score predictions this week, so we drink our own beers. You mean Everybody, no one, you know, you know, nobody picked UCF to beat OSU? Nobody. I mean, nobody came on and, I and made that. And Joe Masato is the only one who did that he I is. know of. That's exactly right. So I guess we can drink one for him. He deserves ah, one. He's fine. Yeah, he, he probably is. He got one. He got his own free beer yeah, last exactly. time. Exactly. He yeah, so. he's good. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to enjoy mine. But if you want us to, uh, if you want to win a beer that we'll drink for you next week on the show, go in that comment section, put your score prediction for OSU Houston. Take a chance and pick Houston if you want. You might be the only one, and you might automatically win a free beer that we will drink for you. So the Monster Mash, maybe so. So do that, and we will uh, we will drink a beer for you next week. But um, first of all, you were uh, you were watching from home, uh, which was not a lot different than watching in person because <laughs> it was ugly, no matter your vantage point. But uh, but just kind of your your big line takeaways from Ooh. from from that disaster. Yeah. It was just a disaster all around. Um, the defense again was too susceptible. Too success, susceptible. Yes. Wow. This is seriously the it's much. This is the much quick. beer I've had today. Hitting you just quick. Just two drinks. 
susceptible to big plays. Yes. Um, which has been a problem. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting today that Gundy said it wasn't for busted coverage. It was they just got beat right. on 50-50 on balls in particular. Um, I'm glad he kind of explained what he means by 50-50 balls a little bit because some of it's kind of murky on that. Right. Um, right. It's just it's just one-on-one -on -one plays where each guy yeah. has has the 50-50, yeah. you know, the equal opportunity to make the play. Yeah. Um, you know, and he pointed out he's not just talking about a pass play uh, yeah. or a jump, a jump ball type situation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A one-on-one -on -one block where you've got to either you're either going to get off the block and make a tackle, or you're going to get beat and they run past you, or uh, just a you know a one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one opportunity in open field to make a tackle. Either the guy's yeah. going to make you miss, or you're going to stop him. And so yeah. he felt like a lot of those situations they they were on the losing end mm -hmm. of, of several of those. Yeah, and I think you know that stood out. I think. The offensive line's health status impacted a lot of that, not getting Ollie free, right. um, with Mahalski being banged up. Uh, was it Birmingham, right, who got hurt? Right. And right. He had, yeah, he didn't tried start, to, but tried to play started, through. Started in his place. Um, you know, I think there's a big hold on Preston Wilson when Bowman runs for 10, mm -hmm. 13 yards, whatever it was. And then gets called back, he immediately throws an interception that. You know, where the other thing that sets me too was the interceptions really weren't entirely all on Bowman. Right. Two were off receivers. Uh, Gundy called him doinks. I think one might hit off a helmet. I don't yeah, remember that I exactly. Think, I think the first one, uh, Leon Johnson goes up with his hands and the defender's helmet comes in. That's and right. And gets it. Okay, at the, that's right. At, yeah. the, at the same point. And the other one was off Presley, just off his hands into right, the receiver. Exactly. And then the other one was just a bad throw by, by Bowman. Um, that, the, the turnovers, when you have two, your first two possessions, UCF scores, but you have two turnovers. It's just a disaster right. from the start. And yeah. OSU's not built to come back from behind. Not. Um, Especially not when it started raining like it was. Yeah, it just took every, it just threw everything in chaos at that point when the rain hit. Um, just a no good, rotten, terrible day Yeah, for OSU. Yeah, it really wasn't one thing that, that we should address because it was a thing that became big on, on Twitter. You know, it was kind of silly. And you were watching, so I don't know if you heard Chris Button's report. It did. Um, she obviously says that they were not prepared and they didn't have the right rain gear. Um, from what I can tell, based on what Gundy said afterwards, obviously players don't wear rain gear during a game. Right. That's not even the thing. Um, in fact, receivers take off their gloves because the gloves get so slick in the rain that they're better to, to be barehanded. Um, neither team was wearing like the big parkas that they put no. on. They, they do that when it's cold, but not just for rain. OSU had plenty of tents up and down the sideline. It seemed to me like it was more than they have on a normal game. I actually meant to ask Gundy about that today when we had a chance. I didn't slip my mind. Uh, but it seemed like more than what they normally take on the road. Um, and the only other thing was towels. And neither team neither team was prepared for how hard it yeah. began to rain. I saw, I saw UCF have a guy coming out of the locker room carrying a big <laughs> pile of towels, of dry towels, in the middle of the second quarter because they didn't have enough on their sideline. I'm sure OSU probably had to send somebody out to the truck mm -hmm. to get more towels to have dry towels on their sideline as well. Don't know that for a fact, but I certainly don't think that there was anything in terms of of, uh, of not having what they yes. needed yes. on the sideline. There might have been some stuff still on the truck, but they had it. I was I was paying attention to the rain forecast all day because I wanted to know if I needed to take a jacket, an umbrella, or what to get to the stadium. They were never forecasting the type of rain that it was hit. like an eighty percent chance of kickoff, right, right. or something. Because exactly. like, I did the weather report for our uh, for the paper. Yes, and we were looking and thinking, "There's oh, it's just you know, might be a pop up shower, maybe, but eight percent doesn't right. even scream it's like it's even going to rain at all." Right. 
and 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 even what they were predicting was light rain, nothing like what actually hit the stadium. Yeah. So I felt I, I, I felt lucky because I got out of it with with uh, not having to deal with any of it. <laughs> but uh, but obviously, Oklahoma State was as prepared as I think they probably could have been. Yeah. Short of just getting some more towels and stuff off the truck. Yeah. Uh, it was a really weird thing that that kind of got blown out of proportion. Um, but I thought I felt worth addressing. Um, that said. They were unprepared in a lot of other ways. Yes, and and that was obviously a, a huge issue. I think I think this was the first time that that I felt a, a, an opposing offense really kind of uh, kind of took things to Brian Nardo and maybe had him unprepared in terms mm-hmm. of how to respond, what to do in uh, in 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 certain situations. I, I felt like this was probably a valuable thing for him long term. Yeah. But he definitely didn't feel ready to, to have the adjustments that he needed to keep pace with what Gus Malzahn and the UCF offense were doing. Yeah, it just looked like, you almost had the sense like Malzahn said, oh, here's a young secondary, mm-hmm. uh, a team that's got some weak points we can hit. And as the veteran guy he is and the offensive mind he is, he said, got a coordinator here that may not adjust well, so let's attack and see what happens. And they right. just kept attacking, attacking, attacking. Yeah. And it just got out of hand. It did, and uh, you know, like we talked about before, I got off on the the rain gear tangent. The rain hits. OSU's down. I can't remember if it was seventeen or twenty-four at the point that, that, uh, I think it was that 17. the rain hit when it first came in. And then it really picked up, and so all of a sudden they're having to throw the ball basically every snap or needing to, and you really can't do that in that kind of rain. That no, was, UCF couldn't even throw the ball. No, like I remember when a Plumlee's throw just kind of. Spun yeah, in the air. Exactly. Like it just kind of was yeah, floated. all over, floated. And that was a big one. That was a fourth yeah. down throw too at the goal line. Yeah, uh, a big throw for them. Um, it was it was one of those days where or that that quarter at least you you were not going to be able to throw the ball the way you needed. Yeah. So it was basically just wasted time for Oklahoma State in terms of trying to get back on track. I would say, you know, obviously UCF had blown a twenty-eight point lead earlier this year to Baylor, mm-hmm. lost that game by a point. You know, OSU's never come back from more than 21, which was the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame. But for a few minutes, it felt like they had a chance to gain, gain some momentum there early in the third quarter. And obviously the, the second of the three interceptions, I believe. Or no, that would have been the third, the third of the three. Uh, you know, wipes that out at that point. But um, it really felt like there, when they get the touchdown and the quick turnover, it felt like they had a chance to turn things around. Yeah, and it just it just... <laughs> just never could get it going. No. It just, you know, Bowen has that. That was the bad throw, I thought. And right. um, totally missed the receiver. And it's just, you kind of knew then, well, there it goes. Yeah. Like, that's it. Just pack it up and, and, and move on down the road. Um, but I want to say this felt different to me than Kansas State or Kansas last year. Yeah, I would agree. This felt different than South Alabama even. Yeah, it didn't feel like a uh, world is crumbling in Stillwater kind of situation. Last right. year, you just felt everything shift in the season. You just mm-hmm. felt like, oh, no, this this is going downhill real quick. I don't think this was a thing that's going to carry over for the Cowboys. No. This felt just like a, uh, I don't you call it Bedlam hangover, I guess, but it just, it just, it just felt like a, like a total just let down, like a, just a, let, let their guard down. 
yeah. kind of situation. Right. Or everything just flipped on them and one, you know, all the all the things that you might chalk up to luck or a good break or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. everything flipped on them right. in one instant. Instead of yeah. just one thing here and there, everything flipped yeah. against them and they had yeah. no way to get out of it. They couldn't they couldn't stop the snowball no. once once they got in, into that point. Um, you know, it was it was weird. Obviously, we only get to talk to players on Monday after practice, so it was hard to gauge last week how they were handling the the, the bedlam yeah. uh, aftermath. And obviously, it's also different for us because a lot of people during our interviews after Monday's practice are asking them about bedlam. Yeah. So we don't know how much they're actually talking about it. We just kind of try to read vibes and. Um, it felt like the vibes were good on Monday night. I know Gundy said that Tuesday's practice was just average. Mm-hmm. He thought he felt like Wednesday and Thursday were much better. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily buy into the whole bedlam hangover idea all that much. But after what we just witnessed, it's hard to argue against <laughs> yeah, it. That's this, what I said. So, I think it was it, uh, Jenny Carlson asked yeah. me today yeah. if I believe in bedlam hangover, and I said well, I didn't until Saturday. Yeah. So I mean, exactly. You know, I don't. I mean. I don't know. I thought they had learned from their South Alabama, Iowa State struggles to not let that happen. I don't want to say they let it happen, but it just happened again, which surprised me. Right. Yeah. And for it to get that out of hand was 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 really weird. But like you said, it was a snowball that just kept gaining more and more momentum. So um, that said, is there is there anything to, that comes out of that game that you look at and say this could be concerning going farther down the line? Um, whether it's, um, you, know, you mentioned offensive line health, um, you know, receiver is, is very thin right now, um, you know, and, and there were a few other things that Gundy were asked about, but I'll, I'll quit rambling since I've I, actually asked you a question. I still, I still think the secondary concerns me, mm-hmm. I, like particularly safety, because it felt like at the beginning, especially Gus Malzahn was just, he, he kept saying, oh, there's Dylan Smith, just go at Dylan Smith, go at the true freshman, and they were burning. They, they kept getting beat. Um, and nothing against him. I mean, he's a true freshman. He's still got a lot of room to grow. But it just seemed like that was the weak point that they pinpointed, especially early. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, you know, when you see a team like Houston come up this week with Dana Holgerson, who does a lot of Mike Leach-esque type things and mm-hmm. crazy things, and Donovan Smith can really throw the ball around. They've got some talented receivers. You kind of worry if, like, that's going to be another area that they're going to try to attack. Yeah. I feel like with the safeties in particular, when you get – up against an offense that can both run and throw the ball, that's mm-hmm. when they're going to be most susceptible, and that's what we saw mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. Because because if you get those guys having to think, run or pass, that's when you're going to catch them in making a misstep, yeah. being in the wrong spot, whatever it might be. Yeah. But like like you talked about, and like what Gundy said, it was more an issue of them just getting beat at the point of attack rather than um, you know busting coverage like we saw against Kansas yeah. or, uh, and, and some other of the early games this year. So. But I still think that's going to be a key for that group going forward. The offensive lines got to got to be healthy. Yes. For them to have the kind of offensive success that they want, With, you know, it sounds like Maholski is probably going to be okay going forward. The left guard's obviously a, a concern. Jason Brooks Jr. is uh, sounds like done for a while. Maybe yeah. the maybe the season. Um, Cole Birmingham was was beat up at backing him up, so they had to go to their third guy there, Maturko, who had mostly been practicing at, at tackle uh, or on the right side. So 
Um, but I mean, obviously, left guard was a position he played last year. It's nothing new to him. But um, you know, they were I think more comfortable with him on the right. Um, you know, Austin Kowecki got in at, at center for a few series when they were still trying to make a comeback there in the third quarter, and seemed to play well. But Mahalski is the guy that they're much more comfortable with in terms of, uh, of the center snap, especially on a wet day yeah. like that. But uh, but they need that group to be consistent because they obviously were not opening holes against one of the worst run defenses yeah. in the country, and that's concerning. So. That said, um, kind of moving, uh, turning the page a little bit to, uh, to, to Gundy today. Obviously, it's a, a, an interesting game because you mentioned they're going up against Dana Holgerson, guy that used to work here, and, and I'm going to be talking to him later this week and have, have a story on kind of him and, and his time at OSU and um, you know, how, how they sort of benefited each other. They were only together yeah. one year, he and Gundy, and, but it was a, a big turning point in how Mike Gundy viewed offense. And it also impacted Holgerson in terms of taking some run game principles mm-hmm. from Gundy and, that, and how he's gone on about his career and as, a, as an offensive coach as well. So it's interesting stuff. But, um, but I, I think, I think the, the far bigger story, though, is just like it was last week, how do they, how do they come back from a bedlam win now? How, how, what do they look like when they come back from, yeah. from this really demoralizing defeat? I think that's got to be the biggest storyline going forward for this Yeah, team. I think I do it on the road. Right, which exactly. is also never easy. I mean, yeah. even in a place, you know, with Houston, a team that's been struggling a lot this season, um, how they respond is key. I, I get the sense this team will respond. Well, they res- think about how they responded for five weeks after South Alabama and yeah. Iowa State back to back. They responded well against Iowa State. I thought they just yeah, didn't they did. win that game. Right. Um, so I think this team can respond well. They've got the leadership. They've got the poise. Um, you never felt like they got out of them, away from themselves Saturday. They didn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of frustration. There wasn't, you know, Ollie, I think, was frustrated. But, right. But Ollie's just an emotional kid. But I think, so I, I look for them to bounce back. Yeah. You know, and it's really fun to see Dana Holgerson against Mike Gundy again, though. It's always fun. It is. It's always a good time. Uh, it's been a few years now since we've got a chance to see it, since he, yeah. since he left West Virginia. Uh, obviously, a new program trying to, to build their footing in the Big 12, and it's uh, a lot of it that's fascinating. I'm interested to get down there and see that campus, see what it's uh, what it's like, and uh, and check things out, see what they're what they're working with in as a, as a Big 12 school. Because as Mike Gundy mentioned, being in that Houston area, you can really grow a program yeah. if given given the opportunity. And I think being part of the Big 12 is the opportunity that, big, that Houston needs. Excuse me. You got seven million people in that metro. Yes, exactly. And that's three million more than Mike Gundy thought they had. Yeah, yeah, three million more than Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, according to Gundy, mm-hmm. I haven't done that. I haven't checked. But um, you know, I thought it was interesting to point out that you know, that's a place that can really benefit from the portal NIL because kids want to come back home a lot of times. They leave a school they, they go far away home from, and um, Houston's a program that can benefit from that, which. Which, now that I think about it, was interesting. Brings it up because Stephon Johnson Jr. Mm-hmm. is a kid very much that OSU's familiar with. He played at OSU last year right. as a true freshman, and then hits the portal, goes home to Houston. Yeah. So, you know, um, there's something to that. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, what else? What else about what Mike Gundy had to say today stuck out? Uh, stuck out to you? Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I thought it was. 
There's some fun stuff there. We got, you know, he brought his dogs, Kinsey and Ginger. Yes. Uh, as his guard dogs, he liked to call them uh -huh. at the beginning. Um, I thought it was interesting, too, that he thinks that uh, we're, we're all being a little too soft when we ask questions about right. yeah. uh, negativity uh, yeah. and uh, how, how they've struggled in areas. Mm -hmm. um, I guess he wants us to be more blunt. I guess so. Um, he also called me young. He did call you young. I wasn't yes. sure how to take that exactly in the moment. I, yeah. I, uh, I'll big picture, I'll take it any day. Yeah. Um, but uh, wasn't sure if he was trying to suggest that I was uh, inexperienced. <laughs> wasn't sure how to feel about that. Yeah, yeah, he called you young. Mm -hmm. So this season he's called you young multiple mm -hmm. times, I think, now. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, he's called me his buddy. Mm -hmm. We've had an interesting run with Gundy this yeah. season. It's been, it's, been, it's been very different, mm -hmm. very unique, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I thought, um, you know, I asked him about Brian Nardo and whether that was a, a good learning experience for him. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he pointed to, you know, every time you lose, that it really is, but but these are the kinds of challenges that Nardo is, is going to come up against. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he hasn't called plays against guys that are as talented and as experienced at this level as a guy like Malzahn mm -hmm. or Dana Holgerson this week or a lot of the other Big 12 uh, offensive coordinators. So, um, you know, he's, he's done a good job of reacting and adjusting so far prior to, to Saturday, I thought. Um, the key is going to be going forward, you know, being able to make those uh, those adjustments in game and, and see things and recognize them. And, um, you know, I think that he relies a lot on his staff for uh, for those things. Guys like Joe Bob Clemens, Tim Duffy, Dan Hammerschmidt, because of their experience at this level. But this is a really important moment in this this journey of his season. I don't mean that in in terms of like you know that they're. It, it, it's a make or break moment or hot seat or any of those kind of things. I don't want to suggest that at all because it's not. No. But, but this is a guy who is in the process of developing in what needs to be a, a legit, proven Big 12 defensive coordinator. And I think that he's got the tools to be that. But, but this is, I think, a really important moment and, uh, and span in this season for him. To, uh, to get to that point. So um, that said, I think, I think this week uh, will be a little bit different. And, and I think you'll see a, a, different, uh, uh, a different vibe from the defense. Yeah, um, I, but I think something like this, not, Brian Nardo seems like the guy to me that looks at this and says, okay, they got the best of me. How do we fix it? How do we get better? And it's a motivation tool for him. I feel like he's the guy that's going to come out with his head on fire a little bit and they're going to, they're gonna do some things a lot different and be a little more prepared. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, I can see that. I would say, um, you know, he's uh, he's very reasonable mm -hmm. in terms of how he approaches his uh, his job and, and how yeah. he deals with his players. And I think that he's gonna have a really smart um, method for uh, for for approaching them. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's already going on right now as we speak. It's what four o'clock in the afternoon, so they're practicing right now. Um, you know, so a lot of this has been done already at this point. But um, you know, I think that um, I, I think that he probably showed up with the right attitude and uh, and teaching mindset to get them past this quickly and moving on to the next week. That just seems to be his uh, his vibe. Um, not uh, not a ton of crazy stuff from uh, from Gundy. He told some yeah. some stories and, and and did some other things today, but. Um, you know, a, a fairly uh, fairly subdued 
uh, day. You, you did mention he had the, he had his dogs, which always makes things interesting. They started yeah. fighting in the middle of uh, yeah, they did yeah of the press conference at one point. So that was that was funny. Right in front of me too. I was like, do right. I need to step back? Like, <laughs> right? What are these dogs gonna do? Um, and they followed through the hallway and the walk off. They did. Yeah, they got noisy down going yeah. down the hallway. They were very excited to be out at the press conference. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that, is it uh, is it time to move on? To the, it's uh, the Stone Cloud Six Pack time. All right. Let's do it. Let me get my uh, my notes out here. Got my homework. That's right. I did my homework as always because I told you all the things that are on. Yeah, here, I have no course. idea. But here we go. Um, before we do that, I do have to bring up one thing uh, because the uh, the uniform combination. This was a, uh, a Marshall Scott staff. Uh, oh yeah, combination yeah. That they wore. They now they're three and four all time in this in that uniform combination, uh, but they've lost now four in a row. The last two times that they've worn that uniform combination were Saturday and Kansas State last year. Oh no! So that's ninety three to three. They've been outscored the last two times. I don't think they're gonna wear this uniform combination for a long I time. I think they gotta they gotta make that one disappear for a good long time. Yeah. Bring out some swatches. Figure out some different yeah. combos. Figure out what you can do there. Because that is a bit of a mess. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Man. They gotta. They gotta figure out a way to to turn the tide on uh, on on that uniform combination. Um, all right. So with that, we jump into the Stone Cloud Here Six we go. Pack. All true false this week. Ooh, true false. Every I now like and then you gotta gotta throw yeah, out a pop quiz. I like, that. I like this, it. This, this true false. Here we go. So number one in the Stone Cloud Six Pack. True or false? Does Ollie Gordon get back on the hundred yard train? We saw him. Fall below 100 for the first time in six games. Does he get back over that 100-yard mark this week? True. True. True or false, Ollie will get back. I asked that as a question. Ollie Gordon false, gets Ollie back. Will get, Gordon will have 100 yards rushing or more. True. True. I'm also going true, true. Uh, on that one. It's not going to happen twice in a row. Um, I'm with you there. All right. Number two, true or false, Oklahoma State will score at least 30 points this week. Oh, it's true. True? Yeah, think I think so? it's true. I'm, I'm actually going to go false on that one. Go false on that I think, one, really. uh, I think they're going to slow things down. I think they're going to take their time. I think, uh, okay. I think they're going to uh, keep it in the high 20s, but I'm okay. going uh, I'm, under 30. I'm going true. 30. There's going to be a defensive touchdown in there, I think, to help. Ooh, a defensive touchdown. Yeah. Oh, it makes me wish I had asked a different question for number three. Uh -oh. but, uh, but number three, true or false, you understand the Big 12 tiebreaker rules. Oh, I, that's a false. 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 That's a false. Absolutely. I don't understand them. I can't wrap my head around them. OSU somehow has wins over two teams they could tie with, but that doesn't matter apparently. Mm -hmm. but all sorts of things. All sorts of if things OSU wins out, it still doesn't necessarily matter. Right. And but if Texas loses, Texas, yeah. it could be a five-way tie. Going yeah, into and a five-way uh, tie week. makes me want to just chug that 16% beer and right? not think about it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I no, I don't have a clue. Yes, I'm uh, with you. False. I've written about it, and as, as I said on Twitter when I posted the link, yeah. I explained it the best I can. Yeah. Uh, you did a good job explaining it. Well, I appreciate that. I'm still not sure yeah. exactly what, uh, what all is going on, yeah. and uh, there's so many different scenarios that it's too hard to even try to project right now, but uh, it's a mess. It's definitely a mess. All right. Well, that brings us to the uh, the back half of All the right. uh, of the Stone Cloud uh, six pack. 
You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. We're going, uh, so last week, uh, OSU was heading out to uh, Central Florida. We did, um, what was it, things from Florida. I, I kept a little more, a more, a little more uh, broad this yeah. week uh, because, because Florida's a whole state. There's a lot yeah. to choose from. Houston, not as big. We're not no. doing the whole state of Texas because this is specifically about Houston, but things we like about Houston. Just nice and, <laughs> nice and broad. Yeah. You know, keep it, uh, keep it open and, yeah. uh, and fun and um, lots of... Uh, I, brought, I brought a hat for the occasion. Oh, you did? I brought a hat. It's really now. I did. I'm not going to put it well, on. Well, look at that. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. That is nice. This is, this is how I feel. Uh, that's I, you know. Very nice. Very nice. I wonder if that it will have anything to do with any of your answers. <laughs> oh, we'll see. And, and, in, and for those who are not watching this podcast, and you should be. Right. Yeah. It's my Rangers World Series champions hat. It so, is. Yeah, no. Yeah. And and for those that don't pay attention to baseball, the uh, the, the Rangers beat the Diamondbacks in the in the World Series. Yeah. Who, uh, remind me though, who did they beat to get to the World Series? Houston. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Houston. Very good. Houston had a problem. <laughs> Houston had a problem. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you want to go first? I, I always let you go first. Oh, I can go first. I figured you're uh, you're daring and ready to go. So, uh, with that, things we like about Houston. Your first draft pick. I pass. Nothing. Nothing. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Moving on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going with, uh, okay, so last week I, I almost picked the Kennedy Space Center oh, in, yeah. in Florida as, as one of my things about Florida. So I'm going back to NASA. There you go. They got us to the moon. They did. Out of Houston. They did. Was, I mean, was, people were probably from all over the place, yeah. but, it was, but it was Houston. They got the, the Apollo 13 astronauts back. Yeah, they did. They did. I, listen, I loved when I went visiting NASA when I was in high school or whatever. Like, that's a great place. I think it's awesome. I've always been fascinated by space type stuff. I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd and a little bit like I don't read a bunch of books, but I like watching Star Trek, Star Wars, other shows, movies, whatever that had to do that. I, I, I kind of get into that stuff, so I, I dig that. Well, that's my, my first pick. They got us to the moon. We'll go uh, pick number two. Nothing uh, again. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 I will pick something All right, from good. Houston. I'm going to pick Minute Maid Park, and here's why. The Rangers won all four of their games in the ALCS there. Well, it, They turned it into their home stadium, that? so we're going with that one. All right, then. That's, uh, that's <laughs> very nice. I'm a big fan of, of Minute Maid. Uh, I really liked it better uh, Minute Maid when they had the hill in center field. Yes, yes. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, that's just me. Uh, I've never been to a game there. I haven't either. I have, I have yet to make it down. Yeah. Uh, number two. I'm going with the Oilers. Okay, I like it. I was a big fan of the Oilers when I was young. The first, the first actual football helmet I had was yeah. an Oilers helmet. Okay, my dad, my dad bought it for me one Christmas. Now it had the old old-fashioned two-bar, like old oh, old-fashioned nice. two-bar face mask. Nice. I hated that. I made my dad go buy me. I didn't make him. I was seven. I convinced <laughs> him to go buy me a, a modern face mask, and uh, and then bolt it onto uh, oh, nice. onto the helmet so that I could. Look more like Warren yeah. Moon, who was my favorite Oiler at the That's time. That's a good one. Did you see the Titans break out the old Oiler yeah. uniforms? Oh, I love those. Yeah. Still love everything about those uniforms. Didn't Houston break out a uniform like that too? Oh, did they? I don't. I, I think I, there was maybe, a controversy. Like I think there was oh, two. Who got to claim it? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, well, I can see that. I think Houston did that. Yeah. Very nice. Um, uh, the side note. Side right. Side note. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. The Cougars. I did see. I did see them do that. Yeah. That I think, was, I theirs think, were fantastic. I think there was some controversy from it. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Very fun. All right. Uh, side note. Sorry. Si my side note. UCF's uniforms were pretty sweet. They were sweet. 
and I know it's a it's a unique thing. It was Space Day. Um, you know, blue is not a typical color in their their uniform scheme. Um, but like uh, tons of fans had blue stuff, uh, jerseys, t-shirts, all sorts of things. It was really cool. Looked good. They they found their way to get a, a, a baby blue helmet. That would have really yeah. topped it off. But but the white was solid. No complaints. Yeah. Um, I know OSU fans won't want to see that uh, that uniform ever again, just like the ones they that they wore themselves. But I was a big fan of uh, of the look itself. All right. Third and final pick. Things we like about Houston. Jacob, do you have anything at all other than... Uh, <laughs> this, I'm, I'm digging deep in the well here. I'm digging right? deep in the well. Uh-huh. Um, Nolan Ryan. Okay. You know what? Like, there you go. I mean, Alvin is close to Houston. It is. And played for the, played for the <coughs> Astros. He's a legend there. Mm-hmm. So I will go with Nolan Ryan um, because he's a legend. He's one of my all-time favorite players. My, my grandma's favorite player when she was alive. Um, so I will go with, with the Ryan Express. Okay. There. So. Very nice. No, uh, no, no disagreement there. Yeah. Um, you know, his Astros days were when I really came to know who he was as a uh, as a as a baseball player. Um, and obviously, ending at the with the, yeah. with the Rangers was kind of the, uh, the 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 highlight of his career, really. And, but, and, and a three a three B option for me would be the uniforms that he wore back then. Those were those were. Fun. I, I don't give the Astros props on this. Those were big time fun. Um, but then you got to rip them for getting rid of them. So exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. My uh, my final thing, uh, a favorite thing coming out of Houston. This is the only one on this list that I will uh, that I will enjoy while I'm down there this weekend. I-45 North, out of Houston. Oh. Very much looking forward to that on Sunday. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been to Houston since I was in high school. I'm not gonna lie. It's, mm-hmm. it's been a long. So I don't have like I can't pick a barbecue place. I know there's great barbecue down there. Great food scene. Price and breweries, but I've got nothing to offer on that. Yeah. Um, mainly because I've avoided this city for obvious reasons. Yeah. I was uh, I was looking for some advice on where to stay for this uh, oh, this yeah. weekend, so I reached out to a writer down in Houston, and I said, "Hey, here's here's where I'm looking, but is there mm-hmm. a better option?" And he's like, "That one where you're looking, it's really busy there." And I'm like, "If a Houston person is telling me it's busy, yeah, then you don't want to like, do that. Like, yeah. uh, how busy is it actually? Yeah. That's got to be insane. That's not good." Um, so yeah, so I went with his option. We'll, we'll see how it turns out. Okay. But uh, looking forward to okay. to getting out of Houston on Sunday. That's uh, other than covering the football game, leaving is the only thing I'm really excited about uh, this weekend. So <laughs> you can we'll tell we both love Houston. Houston. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, with that, shall we uh, go ahead and wrap this thing up? Yeah, I guess All right. so. Like uh, like we always say, go ahead and drop your score prediction in the comments. And uh, we'll see if you can win a beer that we will drink for you next week. Other than that, we appreciate you uh, joining us here on the Cowboy Chronicles. For uh, whether you're listening or, uh, or watching here on YouTube, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.